This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. How are you, sir? Hey, Don. How are you? Good. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yes. And uh, there were no games last night. Sad. Because there are so many games tonight. And, of course, no games on Thanksgiving. And then it all just gets going on Friday. And I was thinking about this because we'll, we'll recap some of the uh, the games that happened back on Monday. Uh, but you take a look at the standings, and uh, I we keep bringing up this American Thanksgiving, and literally it's like between 13, 12, 11, 12, 13 of the teams that are in the playoffs on American Thanksgiving end up making the playoffs. So we've got games tonight, so we're not completely locked in. But oh, big it, game for Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh's got a big game against the Rangers tonight. Pittsburgh trying to, you know, come back from losing to the Devils. Sidney Crosby's been hot. Washington, Philadelphia, they've been hot as they've climbed into the top three in the Metropolitan Division. But, you know, let's start with the East. Your two wild card teams are Tampa and Carolina. That's right. <clears throat> Detroit's a point back. They're playing tonight at home against New Jersey, so they can climb up. Pittsburgh, two points back. We talked about their game coming up against the Rangers. Devils with 17 points. They've got a game in hand on um, the three teams we just mentioned and three games in hand on Tampa. So you got the Devils, you got the Islanders, you got the Sabres. You take a look, Anthony, at the entire Eastern Conference. Everybody maybe with the exception of Columbus, is still kind of you know, hovering. I don't think the Canadians are that good. I know Ottawa's supposed to be good, but with all the things that they've had to overcome this year. But where do you draw the line? I mean, technically with the points, I guess you say Columbus is also ran, but you know, technically you're going almost the entire conference here of teams that think they have a shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, no question. And it's a barometer for us, of course, just because of the statistic. I'm sure... That teams maybe they don't know about it, but of course it is a it is a mark on the on the season of where are you on Thanksgiving? Just because there's usually a day off that's involved and everybody's in action either the day before or the day after, so you kind of take a look at where you're at. But yeah, you're right, Don. There's not a lot of teams in any in either of the two conferences right now that could say they're for sure out of it. Um, like you said, do I think Montreal is going to make a run? No. Do I think Ottawa is going to make a run? No. Buffalo without Tage Thompson for an extended yeah. period of time? No. But they're right there. If they win and other teams lose, you take a look at where they're at, and they're only a, a point or two out of a wild card spot mm. tonight, uh, the day before American Thanksgiving. So no, I mean this is I'm not. Uh, there there have been some clear. I mean, look at our top fives. There's been some clear best teams in the league this year, give or take one or two changes to where we have guys in our top five, but there's a logjam in the middle, no question. Yeah, and just looking at the teams around the outside looking in, I think New Jersey is going to be okay. Uh, they've only played 16 games. They're going to get Heashier back. They're going to get Meyer back. I think they're going to figure it out. So the teams that are on the outside looking in, I feel good about Jersey. Um, Pittsburgh, I didn't feel good about them at the beginning of the season, so... I know Crosby's having a great year, but I just don't love them defensively. Uh, I think of the teams that are on the outside that can still make it. The only one I really feel confident in is about the Devils. As you said, Sabres have to play without one of their best players in Thompson for the foreseeable future. The Islanders are a minus 12 goal differential. Uh, I don't see Lou making any kind of big splashes unless you're going to tell me there's going to be a coaching change there. So I have no confidence in the Islanders. Detroit has been great, but they've kind of settled down just a bit. 
Um, I, 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 the only of all those teams, I'd probably put the Devils and Penguins as the two teams that I would bet on that are on the outside looking in that still can make it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, like you said, I think the Devils are going to play better. Um, I we've talked about the Islanders at length. I'm not mm. a big fan of them. Um, Pittsburgh. Honestly, quite frankly, I'm very surprised at how Washington has played. Um, and I don't know if that is going to last, but do they drop out to the point that they don't make the playoffs? I don't think so. Especially, they've only played 15 games. Exactly. And, and they're getting... Ovechkin's had a very strange year. He's a plus player. He's averaging more than a point a game, but he's only got, what, five goals. Like He doesn't have a lot of goals. That's going to change, right? They're, he's going to be more productive offensively for them. They've only played 15 games. They've got 20 points, which is third place in the Metro. Philadelphia is the team. They're still in the midst of a rebuild. They've won five in a row, but we've kind of seen this from them. They they started out hot, then they cooled down, got hot again. They're a plus eight goal differential, which is nothing to sneeze at. But if I believe in Pittsburgh and New Jersey, well, then the two teams I would say that they'd replace because if you're going to tell me teams on the outside then who's going to come out that's in would be Philadelphia and Washington yeah and I I would probably have more faith in Washington for Philadelphia falling out just because of the games that Washington still has to play and Ovechkin getting hot uh, than Philadelphia staying in yeah and you take a look at uh, you look at probably what we projected before the season I think it was fair we probably had some combination of Carolina New Jersey and the Rangers in the top three in the Metro mm-hmm. well they're both not there as we know and if you take a look at the Central Boston Florida Toronto you could have made that argument especially with the fact that Tampa had all those injuries uh, the the Atlantic is probably looking the way that you expected it to early on in the year but yeah Philadelphia and Washington not only being there but being in the two three spots in the Metro I don't think that lasts maybe Washington hangs on to a wild card spot but Carolina is going to get better the Devils should get better, and Pittsburgh is not dipping the way we thought they would. Um, so, as we expected, the Metro will be tough, and I think we're going to see a shakeup. Now, if I see if you agree with me here, here's my hot take of the podcast. I usually do. In the West, yes, I think you've got your best chance of the high percentage that it could go 16 for 16, meaning there won't be any movement after Thanksgiving. We, we might be set. Tell me I'm wrong, all right? Dallas is one of the best teams in the league. You saw what they did to the Rangers on Monday. Oh, yeah. That, that, that score was a little skewed. That was a close game. It was 4-2. Rangers pulled Shesterkin. A couple of empty net goals made it seem to be more obnoxious than it was. Uh, but it still was six unanswered goals for Dallas. Their forwards are great. They're equipped to be able to add a defenseman, which could make them very, very dangerous. Colorado's had their ups and downs. They blew. What an awful way to lose in this day and age with the extra point for overtime to give up two goals in, in what, a 16-second span in the last 40 seconds of regulation. Oh, yeah. For them to lose the way they did to the Predators, Colorado, to have – you've got two points – you get less than a minute to go. You've hung two points in the standings, and then in 16 seconds, you walk away with nothing. They'll recover, but the avalanche have been strange. Winnipeg, I think uh, they're in good shape there. Vegas, the Canucks have proven they're one of the best teams. Kings are good. 
And all right, the only outlier has been St. Louis. But who replaces St. Louis? The Ducks, who have been um, a surprise. I don't think the Coyotes are ready. I think the Flames are a mess. I don't think Nashville scores enough. Minnesota is probably going to fire their coach. They're in free fall. Edmonton's never going to figure it out. Blackhawks and Sharks are in rebuild. You could make a solid case that we've got our eight locked in on Thanksgiving, and that's the way it's going to look when we get to April. Yeah, I really don't hate that. I, I could see maybe the Ducks taking one of the wild card spots from the Blues or the Kraken. I mean, I know the Kraken. Look, I loved the Kraken last year, as you know. Um, but the, the Ducks kind of remind me of that team. Not that they're an expansion team by any stretch, but um, they're getting a lot of goal scoring from Frank Vetrano. They It seems like they have some depth, which I don't think anybody really expected. Um, minus five goal differential is not great, but the Kraken are minus 18. They're going to have to clean that up if they want to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, in those top three spots in the Pacific and the Central, I don't necessarily see them going anywhere. They may move around, but they're going to stay where they are because they are the cream of the crop in the West. And it's really going to come down to, like you said, where we're kind of cherry picking possibly two or three teams that can not only move into the wild card, but move up in the East. Really, for me, I think the only team that has a real shot is the Ducks to get themselves in because yeah. they're only a point back now. Uh, two games in hand on Seattle. St. Louis has played one less game. But is it? you could say right now, that if you if you told me today it would be Blues and Kraken, I would I would say that that's fine. And the Blues obviously would be a bit of a surprise. Now maybe we're sleeping on Arizona, uh, eighteen points in eighteen games has to change uh, eventually for them, right? The only team that's out of the playoffs with a plus goal differential, although it's just a plus one, they did lose a couple of games in a row. No real distinct home ice advantage, but they play pretty decently on the road. Um, I I think. Flames, maybe the, maybe Nashville can make a run with their goaltending. I guess we can't you know sleep on that, but they've won a couple in a row and they're still stuck with just 14 points, still behind so many teams before they can even get to the crack. And uh, I just think that, and and if there is, a, and I know teams make runs. Look what Florida did last year. Sure. But even if one of these teams were to prove me wrong and sneak in, I don't think there's any kind of a run there. So I, I think. The West is top-heavy, but you've got the elite teams in Dallas, Colorado, Vegas. And and even though it's hard to say Vancouver's elite, they weren't even a playoff team last year. But with the top three scorers all being on the Canucks, their goaltending is healthy. No, it's um, fair to say they're best, elite. Best goal differential in the NHL. I mean, Vancouver is it has to be considered an elite team. And the Kings, the same thing. Yeah, I mean, still, Kings have not lost on the road. 8-0, um, which is pretty incredible. Three-game win streak, 7-1-2 in their last 10 um, the Pacific's tough, man. I mean, that's that's three teams that all have uh, as many points or better than the best in the West, in the Central in Dallas. Um, and I and I, if I put every single one of them against them, I think Dallas would probably beat the Kings. I don't know if they'd beat Vancouver. I don't think they'd beat Vegas in a seven game series. Mm. Um, if we're looking at it right now, so yeah, this is um, this is very interesting. The way that this season has transpired so far is pretty interesting because there are a couple of teams that have surprised. We've seen Philly kind of surprise us a little bit. I don't think we thought Vancouver would be this good. Um, Winnipeg has the talent, but they always seem to have struggles in putting it all together. Seems like they've gotten themselves off to the start that they need. Um, I think the Kraken are where we expected. I don't think that anybody expected. Yes, they did beat Colorado last year, but they didn't make many seismic changes, so they were going to be the around the same team that they were last year or where they would expect to be. Uh, Ducks are a surprise, like we said. Um, yeah, Arizona, 8-8-2. Eight, eight I said it uh, briefly, Don. Eventually, it's going to have to turn around, right? Like the fe- Despite the fact they're playing in a barn <clears throat> in Arizona State, which looks like it'd be a lot of fun to go to. Um, oh, it was. Yeah. yeah. 
I went there before they finished the annex, so it was like crazy. They were dressing like where it looked like the Revenge of the Nerds stayed in the gymnasium. It was ridiculous, but so so quaint. You know, you're obviously in a college building, holds 5,000 people, and I was calling a Ranger game, so about 3,000 of them were Ranger fans, but just a great atmosphere right on top of the ice. It would be kind of cool if they could make a run. And it's been so long. It's been over a decade since they won a playoff series. Even got, I think even gone to the playoffs, right? When they went to the conference final in 2012 and lost to the Kings, I think that's the last time they made the playoffs. It feels like forever ago now. And it's the only time they ever made a serious run since being out there. And and I I love the conversation whenever we're talking about teams. Well, wait, wait till they start winning. Well, winning's not always guaranteed. I mean, you can't hemorrhage money from the eyes and threaten to lose when you're in a rebuild. And only be considered successful and being able to stay in a place if you're a perennial playoff team. And they haven't been a perennial playoff team at all, although they're very, very young. And I'd like to see a run there. I just don't think uh, I don't think it's going to happen really anytime soon. Now Especially I have in that division with so top heavy with uh, with Dallas and Colorado not going anywhere anytime soon. So I have to ask you, Don. Even though the Utah Jazz for some reason leaked these early and i think aew also leaked the vegas ones we got the winter classic jerseys today officially Mm -hmm. unveiled like i said even though you probably saw the utah jazz walk in last week with it i think aew uh somebody on aew had the vegas jersey on which isn't just an interesting way for the nhl to market that right um but what do you think of the two jerseys and i i have one that i love much more than the other one i'm wondering if you feel the same way uh or or do you hate them both no i don't hate them i don't i i i like them i i I can't say that I, i i am blown away by either of them i think they're okay yeah, I mean, look, you know how I feel about alternates of any kind, basically. I don't, I don't think any of them are done very well. Um, I like Seattle's better than Vegas's. Um, it's yeah. funny, like, in NHL now, Don, you can create your own team, and you can kind of, you can customize it however you want, give it a name, put different logos. It, this looks like a way, for, especially for Seattle's, you can have that color palette jersey, where it's the six stripes, literally in the NHL game. And mm-hmm. they basically used they used Seattle's colors, and they made a red logo. But I do like it. I think it's I think it's aesthetically pleasing. I forget who it was uh, that said it on Twitter, so I can't uh, look away now. Vegas's V looks like two middle fingers being thrown up in the air. That, that is a good point. So that is a good point. That is funny, but kind of plain. I mean, they're yeah. white. The white is is whatever. I like the gold in Vegas. I didn't think I'd like the gold when it started, but I do like the gold. But yeah, it's just it's just a white jersey with two middle fingers going up at yeah. you. So uh, that that I'm not the biggest fan of, but I'm excited for a Vegas Seattle Winter Classic. That'll be fun. Yeah, that it is good. And Seattle it does have a history with the National Hockey League. That's why they're honoring it the way they are with the 1917 look. Uh, they obviously weren't the Kraken back then. I believe they were the. I'm trying to remember the name because there was millionaires. I'm not sure if it was Vancouver or Seattle. Either, either way, they do have a history uh, of of hockey in Seattle in the early days of the NHL. So they're trying to honor that. So it's cool. I, you know, we spend so much time talking about it. it. Seems like it's the usual six or seven teams that rotate in the Winter Classic. So to be able to the honor of the West, the two most recent additions to the National Hockey League, I thought uh, was a nice uh, touch. And then we'll see how the jerseys end up looking on the ice. And and I'm sure there's going to be people that love them, hate them, but I don't think they're that bad. Again, I, I don't want to be critical of it. Uh, I'm not blown away by them in either direction. I, I think they're fine, and um, that'll be your. 
Winter Classic coming up in uh, in uh, January of 2024. Speaking of merchandise, I spent the day with Carl Banks, former New York Giant. He's got the Black Ice collection from Starter, and I was filming a commercial with him today. Look at you. Pretty cool stuff. They gave me a leather, uh, high, an NHL leather jacket to die for, Ooh. Um, and real, really cool stuff. Is this so. stuff that you could buy now, Don? Is this something that, that that's coming out? What's, it's going to be deal? released, and then and we're going to have a big... Um, we're going to have the Michael K. Show over at the NHL store coming up uh, this this Wednesday. Oh, wow. And, um, and and as far as the dates and stuff, I mean, it's all like some of it's kind of leaking out. But I did see, and again, it's all black, white. And you can say, well, um, what? how does that look? It looks really cool. I saw the Sharks jacket, uh, the, the white leather jacket with the black um, outlining. I've got the NHL jacket was black on black with the logo on the sleeve and Carl Banks does a great job with Starter, and it's a really cool initiative that he's been backed by the NHL with, and and you're going to see a lot of um, a lot of that stuff not only in time for Christmas, but you know also Carl was involved in the launch for the Stadium Series over MetLife, so you're going to see a lot of uh, cool stuff from that too. So Carl's a great guy, of course, a, a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Giants, and and he was nice enough to ask me to climb aboard and 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 do. Uh, a commercial shoot today in Newark, so we were over at the Rock for that. So that's a lot of fun. So I tweeted it out, picture of me and Carl, and you know, so I said, "Stay tuned because there's going to be more information and, and how you can get all this stuff." But it really, seeing it firsthand, Anthony, it, it blew me away. Awesome stuff. That's awesome. I mean, Carl's done a great job with Starter and all the stuff he's done for the NFL. He's done NHL stuff before. Uh, I'm sure the product looks awesome. It's going to be an awesome show uh, for fans of hockey. If you want to come by uh, the NHL store on Wednesday. Um, they'll be give, they'll have the merch, and you'll get to meet Michael, Don, and Peter. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, let, let's do a little social media, if you'd like. Why not? Um, Ron Pizza Ooh. says, Your thoughts on Sergey Breeling getting into the Devil's Ring of Honor. I love the move. Play for the Devils 95 through 08. Won three cups. Assistant coach of the AHL Devils from 2012 to 2022. Now finally got the nod as an assistant in the NHL in the franchise for 30 years. I got to be honest with you, and in full disclosure, you guys know that I grew up a Devil fan, even though I'm all in on the Rangers now working with them for a decade and a half and with MSG and all that. People still call you a fraud, by the way. But well, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> um, sometimes you just can't worry about what people think, Anthony. That's a good point. Um, see if you turn down a job to get to work with an original six team. I wouldn't. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, but I'm... Uh, I, I I was surprised, uh, and I know he was a, he's he's a three time Cup champion with them, and, and and there's really nobody else that could uh, can say that um, outside of the big guys, right? With Stevens and Brodeur and Niedermeyer. But hey, listen, we've had this conversation with retired numbers, right, Anthony? That it's up to the franchise, and if the fans think it's cool, then it really shouldn't matter. People outside the organization, but it's somebody that grew up as a fan of the team during that period of time, rooting for that team, being in, involved, seeing all three of those Stanley Cups in the building uh, for two of the Cups that they won, because the other one, the middle one in 2000, was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I Okay. I, I'm a little surprised. Just a, a little. So he, now, did, did he contribute? He contributed much more in 95, and yeah, had some big goals in that playoff run, but... Okay, I I I'm not mad at it, but I am a little surprised because I never looked at him as a great player. I never looked at him as an important 
piece to the organization, even though he was there for a long time. Like, Danico wasn't a great player, but he kind of was a part of the furniture. He was a part of the landscape. He was a spokesperson for the team. He he was a gritty, gutty guy that uh, people just kind of fell in love with. And I... I don't know. I would love to hear from other Devil fans. Good for him. He's a good guy, and I'm happy for him. But I'm I'm a little surprised. Just a a little surprised that uh, that he would get that kind of a nod. Yeah. Look, I'll be honest. It's the first time hearing of it. Um, I'll defer to you on that type of stuff. Um, it's not somebody that I'm particularly familiar with, and I'm certainly not going to tell a fan base whether or not they should want somebody retired or not. Um, I trust you with your knowledge of hockey and everything more than most people. Now it's hard to, it's hard to have a Ranger comp, right? Because they didn't win three Stanley cups in an eight year span. Sure. But if you looked at the 94 team, Mm -hmm. how deep do you have to go? And even though you were, you were, you weren't even alive, right? No, I wasn't. So you're even a difficult person to ask. Well, I know the team though, because you know know the the team, you know, the history. I've had a lot of time to look at the only Stanley cup within the last, you know, Even though he was a contributor. Mm -hmm. And uh, important might be strong, but he was one of the first ever Russians to get his name etched in the Stanley Cup. No, no. How deep do you go before you start acknowledging Sergei Nemchinov? Oh, wow. But but that's what I'm saying. It's like he was a... He he contributed. Sure. Now, let's say... Zuba. Let's say... Zuboff led the team in scoring that year. I know. It's one of you my know, favorite trivia questions of all time. You don't beat the Devils in Game 6 if Kovalev doesn't score late in the second period. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and we all know what Kovalev ended up being, and a lot of it with other organizations. But Sergei Nemchidov was a, was a contributor. It's similar to the way Breland was a contributor in 95, and maybe not so mu- as much so in 2000 and 2003, but you know, certainly there. So imagine the Rangers end up winning the Cup in 97. All right? Sure. Um, or they won the cup in 96 and they won like three and, and Nimchinov was Nimchinov on all three of them. Would you be, uh, how would you feel if he was, if there was a Ranger ring of honor and they put him in? So there? are you, are you, are you equating it to the Yankee dynasty core four slash all the guys that end up getting plaques and some numbers retired in Monument Park? I, I guess where but, but, like it's the, is he the, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams of that group, or no? Are we thinking yeah, even that... lo- we're thinking like I'm trying to even think like David Justice. It's a, it's such a strange. I'm trying to come up with another comp on on just like another team. Like um, like who was a was there a obviously was there a Blackhawk besides Taves and Kane that were all, there for all three of their cups? Sharp. So Bufflin led left. Lad left. Hosa no, wasn't right. No, I'd, I'd have to. Was take it Patrick a, Sharp? Is he there for no, all three? No, I'm not. Sharp was a better player than Breland. He contributed that's, more that's, than Breland. That's fair too. Oh, it's such a great question, Ron. Here's what I'll say: If you want to be happy about it, be happy about it. If, you, if you're somebody out there rolling their eyes, roll your eyes. I'm really on the fence about it. And it's not coming from, oh, who cares what a Ranger guy thinks. So I was a devil guy during that period of time, and I was a little taken aback by it. Troy says, I know we didn't expect the Sharks to do much, but are they meeting expectations? I didn't know what to think. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, Anthony. Did you? Look, but then again, no. why should we have expected it to be any better? 
it's not only the losing done because teams lose and it's almost like the conversation we were having with the Giants and the Giants of course had expectations but it's how it looked there are some games there were some many games this year where the Sharks were just non-competitive um, and, and if not for glorious performances by their goaltending they might have two less wins than they do and they only have three uh, no, I don't think anybody should expect a team to look like this in the National Hockey League. Um, expectations? I mean, in terms of what you expect, yeah, you expect them to lose a lot of games. Did you expect them to get blown out every night? No, I don't think that that could be what no, anybody. No, th- that's that's where I mean, you give up twenty goals in a two-game span. I mean, that's that's that, that's ex- that, that's embarrassing for an expansion team. Right, you know, and this and is never not mind, an expansion team. Never mind the new era expansion teams of you know Vegas going to the Stanley Cup final and the and the, the Kraken playing in the second round in their second year. I'm talking about the you know, and, and I'm not even talking about the the Atlanta, Minnesota, Columbus. I'm, I'm going back to like the Ottawa expansion or when the Islanders won 12 games in their first year in uh, in uh, 72, 73. Like that level, I don't think you saw teams be that non competitive. Um, you you have to go back to the, the the California Golden Seals. The last time a team played that non competitive of hockey, and ironically enough, a Northern Calif- another Northern California team uh, doing it. Uh, let's close it out with Tommy P. He said, and this is something that's been discussed a lot over the years. We've brought up the idea of splitting the Norris into two trophies for best offensive and defensive best defense. Uh, the fans here seem to think it's a no-brainer. Has the league ever given it any thought? It doesn't sound like they have much of an appetite for it. I've never heard it being discussed. I think it's a no-brainer, too. I agree with Tommy because it just seems like we give the Norris to the best defenseman and the tiebreaker goes to as many points as they score. But there's some good stay-at-home guys that will never get consideration for the trophy. You know, from to, to kind of ranger it up, it's like you've got Fox – who is going to score a ton, and you've got Lindgren, who's going to block shots, and you know, and one's got a chance to win the Norris Trophy, and the other one would never get a sniff. Should there be an award for a good stay-at-home defenseman? I guess my question to you is, Don, when did that, the way that this trophy was given out, change? Well, just or did it, cha- or is it just the the natural growth of the sport that now offense is so prevalent that you're reaching a point where you have to start considering guys. I mean, look, Nick Lidstrom wasn't exactly a... He was a great defenseman, but he also he also put up points. He won well, they, a lot. They all do. I mean, they, they are... And to get into consideration for it, you've got to be among the leaders in, in points by a defenseman, but does that tell you who's the best uh, defenseman all the time? Like, see, the, the strange thing about this award is that it's historically... If you go back to you know, Bobby Orr, won it every year. Yep, Bobby you know, Orr, Paul Coffey. I mean, the, the, again, those guys were amazing defensemen, but they were known for their offense. And mm-hmm. the award started in fifty three, fifty four, and and so listen, the game was a lot different back then. Like Doug Harvey basically won it every single year until you finally started to see it cracked to to, to other people. I like won seven um, times. That's unbelievable. But, like like Jacques Laperriere and, and Harry Howell, but even back then, if you look at Doug Harvey, you know he was a great defenseman. I mean, just looking at some of his point totals here, um, he was still a guy that, that registered a, a fair amount of points for when that league was played. You know, so you know he was so he's in the in the fifties or you know around the points, which was a lot back then. But I think it's always been looked upon as the best offensive defenseman that's going to get the consideration, and certainly the tiebreaker. 
but can you think of something that would benefit the guy that, that blocks the shots, that gives you a ton of minutes, great plus minus, but doesn't produce any points? I think you can, especially if, if you're if you're saying what we believe in that, and we'd have to go take a look at the way that the voting's gone over the last 10, 15 years, but if those stay-at-home guys aren't getting the appreciation or recognition they deserve, then yeah, I mean, we have a defensive forward. We have the Selkie. So why not? Why not yeah, have well, a defensive defense? You know what? That's a great point. It's a great point. If you've got the Selkie, which acknowledges the, the defensive portion of a forward, do you really acknowledge the offensive? Um, the, the, are we are we are thinking too much offense and just not? Hey, there there's a good. Every team needs that good stay at home defenseman, and they should be honored in some way, shape, or form for that. All right, we got a ton, a ton of games tonight. Edmonton's in Carolina at 7 o'clock while Columbus plays host to Chicago. Devils are in Detroit to take on the Red Wings. It's about time for New Jersey to kind of get on the horse here. So we'll see if they can do that. And that's a pretty interesting battle because uh, they may be battling for for positions to, to, to grab a wild card, right? That's not a game uh, to, to ignore at all. It's the non-existent Thanksgiving Day parameter. <laughs> yeah, Detroit exactly. wins, they get 21 points and they could be in and Jersey, if they win, they're still not in, but they're closer. The artificial barometer, you're right. Uh, A rematch of the first round last year between Boston and Florida. That should should be a good good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rangers and the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Should be good as well. Um, Winnipeg is in Tampa. That's a good one. All these at 7 o'clock, by the way. That smells like an over. Washington and Buffalo. That could be an over two. That's mm-hmm. at seven, seven thirty. The Flyers are at the Islanders. How will the Islanders react? That first home game after a long road trip usually is never a good one, but the Islanders need every game they can get. Especially if they're booing. Another interesting one out west, St. Louis at Arizona. Oh yeah. Nashville home for Calgary. That's also a big one. I'm I'm loving this game tonight, nine thirty. Vegas and Dallas. Ooh, that's a TNT vehicle. That is a outstanding, outstanding game. Uh, that'll be the second game of the doubleheader. Rangers and, and Penguins are the first game. Uh, 10 o'clock, Montreal at Anaheim. Um, what do you want to call that? The uh, Travis Moen Bowl uh, <laughs> at 10 o'clock. Mark that down, Puck Doku, people. That's, That's always right. gotten me a ton of points. <laughs> Colorado welcomes in Vancouver. That's a great one, too. Good on the um, NHL for putting together a lot of good matchups the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and but um, you know, Sharks and um, Kraken are for the um, diehards, Probably right? good. <laughs> but, good. So, Anthony, this was a lot of fun. I know we were busy with a bunch of things going on, but I wanted to get a podcast up before the Thanksgiving. I want to wish uh, you and your family and everybody listening a very happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, Don, and same to everybody out there. Thank you for listening. All right, thanks for participating as well, at Don LaGreca and at... Uh, Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct. Enjoy um, the, the the Friday games too. The there's going to be a bunch of games on Friday, including the Rangers and the Flyers in Philadelphia. Got an original six matchup between Toronto and Chicago coming up uh, on uh, on uh, Black Friday. Edmonton's at Washington. St. Louis home for Nashville. A lot of a lot of really good games. Canadians continue their Western swing in San Jose. Battle of Southern California between the Kings and the Ducks. Bunch of stuff. Back with you again. We. Won't won't do anything on Friday again because every you know Anthony's busy with his Jets and um, what he does there on the radio side and um, I've actually got the pre and post for Flyers Rangers and then I got a, I got the play by play for Knicks Heat so I'm very busy on Friday. Look so at let's you. Reconvene on Monday. What let's do, you say? do that. Let's make it happen. All right, we'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is the Game Misconduct podcast with Don McGregor.